It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show. Got Braylon Edwards joining us today, former NFL wide receiver, Michigan grad, of course. I got to talk about Ohio State, but there's something that's gotten to me. I woke up this morning, and this line for the Vikings is getting worse and worse. And not worse as far as the betting aspect. You give me two points and the Vikings, I'm taking it. So it's an easy bet. But we have to talk about why the Vikings are considered the underdog at 10 and 2. They're an underdog against the Lions? Find out why. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. This is the Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast Network, and it's a nice, cold day in Minnesota. But you know what? The Vikings don't have to play outside, whether they're here or in Detroit, because they're going to Detroit, people. And when they go to Detroit, they're bringing their bags. They're probably Louie, I'm guessing, or Gucci, or Fendi, or Coach, I don't know, Nike. Under Armour, Adidas, who cares? But they're bringing their luggage. They're also bringing two points with them. I don't know why. I don't know why they're letting Kevin O'Connell get in that plane with two bags of two points, and they're probably Louie. But he is. And so I'm taking that bet. You give me the Vikings plus two, I'm taking it. Why? Because the Vikings are going to win anyway. But now, if they happen to win by one, I got it. You gave me two points. They cover the Lions have to win by three, if I think I'm right. And Sam will have to correct me on that if I'm wrong. But this is crazy. The Vikings are underdogs to the Lions. The Lions aren't even going to make the playoffs, most likely. And the Vikings are underdogs. Now, they are at home. And Braylon Edwards, we're going to have Braylon Edwards coming up next. And he's from Detroit, represents Detroit Sports Media with Woodward Sports. And he has an idea of why they've given this two points. And it's a pretty good point. I'll give him that. So I'm not going to ruin his point. I'll let you guys hear what he has to say. But before I bring Sam Extra in, before we get into this, remember, you can find Locked On Sports Minnesota on Amazon Fire and Roku. If you have a TV, most of you do, and it's a smart TV, you just go to the search. You type in Locked On Sports Minnesota. You will see our app. Just hit download. Add it to your queue. Now that square is up. Now when you go to your TV, when you're searching your apps, boom, just click Locked On Sports You can get the show daily, all of our videos, all of our shows, all the content. Because at some point, I'm going to take my shirt off and wear chains because, you know, the studio is getting a little warm now. So I am going to have to take my shirt off at some point and just do a whole open with the chains on. But only after I come from the gym. I got to get a pump in before I do the whole Kirk Cousins bit with the shirt off and the chains. But I'm going to do it. I got to find some chains first. Maybe that little kid, little Kirko, he'll uh, let me borrow his chains for the show. But when you look at this Minnesota team, as I bring Sam Ekstrom in, my producer, Sam, I'm very perplexed at this moment. I don't get it. I'll let you start off. 
Why do you think the Vikings are a two-point underdog to the Lions? Like, what is going on? Right. Well, let's let's be clear, too. The Lions started as the Vikings being favored, right? So that's Vegas said it as the Vikings being favored. And then the bets came in. And the bets were so lopsided in favor of Detroit that it swung the line. That, that yeah. That's sort of how, yeah, that's how the line movement works. So this is not Vegas distrusting the Vikings. This is the public distrusting the Vikings and putting their faith in, in the Detroit Lions, um, which is interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. usually the public is, sort of looks at the records and they look at, um, you know, recent performances and, it's not as if the Vikings are ailing, Ron. They've beaten the Patriots. Correct. They've beaten the Jets. Um, mm-hmm. People maybe still are remembering the Cowboys game from three games ago. Detroit's yeah. won four of five. I'll give them that. They've got some quality wins. I'll give them that. But they're still Detroit, and they're still five and seven. Um, and the, the fable goes is that home field advantage is worth three points. So I guess they're saying the teams are – basically even and then Detroit gets a three-point bump um but this is this has been the whole season Ron the lines have been low for the Vikings all season even against the Patriots against the Jets it was like minus three um a lot of people said it should be minus you know six or seven but the Vikings covered in those games and now they go into Detroit and they're getting a couple points Ron you could bet the money line you could bet the Vikings money line you could you know put a hundred on it and make 135 because I'm sure they're probably like plus 135, plus 125, just to win straight up. It might be a good value bet for you. Well, it could be. It could be. But when I look at this Vikings schedule, and when I look at the points and the games they won by, and I get it, because Braylon Edwards makes a point about uh, the Lions split and the division. Every every division kind of has that, where the, the as a whole, they split. But when you go all the way back to the very beginning, the Packers were one of the only games the Vikings blew out a team. They beat them 23 to 7. And then they got blew out. They got their back beat in by the Eagles 24 to 7. So it was like that's a wash. Start the season over, reset. They beat the Lions by four. They beat the Saints by three. They beat the Bears by seven. They turned around and beat the Dolphins by eight. They then beat the Cardinals by eight. They then beat the Commanders by three. They beat the Bills by three. And then they got, we're not even talking about that next game. They beat they beat the Patriots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're not talking about that game. They, they beat the Patriots by seven. And then they beat the Jets by five. That's a lot of games to not win by more than nine points. That's almost every single game except for the Packers. Not almost. It's every single game except for the Packers. They won by nine or less points. That's got to be an NFL record. And the Lions are just another, like, they're another name on the list. <clears throat> this is a game, because I thought the Jets was going to be a blowout. I thought the Jets, like, it felt like this was going to be a blowout victory. Vikings, like, we'll be third, fourth quarter. We Everybody could head it to their cars. And no, that third quarter, that third quarter monster crept in and, and, and grabbed a hold of Kevin O'Connell's playbook, and it just didn't work. So when you're looking at this, and you're looking at the Lions, I get it, because you're thinking about the first Lions game. It was close. And like Braylon... Uh, alluded to, and you'll hear about that later, um, that it was uh, the, the Vikings had to come back to win that by four. So if you're if you're going into their building, two things. Does Kevin O'Connell take the ball first? 
because you want to shut the crowd up early and, and just march down one of the best seven minutes. So the first seven, eight minutes of every game, Kevin O'Connell's been great. Do you want to go in and do that? Shut the crowd up, put your offense out there, put points on the board, and then let your defense play with a little bit of a cushion. That could be one way to do it. You could play the like, hey, let's let them do it. Let's try to get a three and out. Let's get our defense going, get them, get them hype. And then our offense comes out and scores. And then you play the, hey, if we can get it at the end of the half and score, and then we get it out the out the half, now we can put maybe 10 to 14 points on the board before they even get to touch the ball. It's another way to look at it. But that's why the coaches get paid so much money, because that's the decision they have to make. That's the dice they have to roll. I personally, this is where I go with it, Sam, to pay off the tees. I just think people don't trust Kirk Cousins. That's why the bets were so lopsided. I think people are waiting for the other shoe. It's like every single week, people are like the Bills game. Now the Cowboys and the Eagles, again, throw those out. But the Bills game, the Jets game, like the Jets game did feel, I was like, man, they're going to score and go up by two. Like this is going to be, that they're going to score. And everybody was thinking that. They're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And so every time Kirk Cousins wins, a hater dies. Like they get their wings. And they're like, ah, oh, okay, I got to stop hating on Kirk Cousins. Every time Kirk Cousins wins, a hater gets his wing. And so... That's what's going on is like people are just betting because they're like, look, at some point, the earth's got to correct itself. Like <laughs> the world's got to correct itself. Kirk Cousins cannot go 15 and two and, and go into the playoffs and dominate. Like, I just don't feel like he can do it. That's what people are betting on. And that's what I think. I think it comes down to Kirk Cousins. Honestly, again, I will say this over and over and over again. And we, he showed us last night. Why though? Tom Brady, freaking ridiculous. Tom Brady was the quarterback of the Vikings at 10 and two. He'd be the lead vote getter for MVP and everybody would be betting on Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl for the Vikings, his hometown. I mean, I guess he was born here or something and everybody claims everybody that's in, remotely yeah. close to Minnesota. But Sam, another topic to kind of push this before we jump into uh, the Braylon Edwards interview and we hang, hang around John's segment. Dalvin Cook is on pace with 1,300 yards. How do you like his season? And is this 1,300 yards? Like if, if, if he say he gets 1,300 or 14 or 15 because the running becomes more prevalent against a team like Detroit, uh, against a team like the Bears, against a team like the Packers in cold weather, uh, which Dalvin has had some great games against the Packers. Um, how do you like his season? And does that help the line? Like as Dalvin Cook starts to rush more and more and more maybe and get a couple more 100-yard games, maybe two or three, does that push the Vikings like, hey, this Vikings team can actually win in the playoffs because Dalvin Cook's going now. But how do you like his season so far? Yeah, it looks like he might play every game. And that would be Dalvin Cook's career high. He's never played more than 14 games, Ron. Um, if wow. he plays 17, we're looking at a 1,300-yard season. That would be his second best rushing yardage of any season uh, in, in Dalvin Cook's yeah. career. 4.7 yards per carry, that's not bad. I feel like he's been efficient. Uh, he's had some clunkers, like New England. He was he was really shut down. Uh, Washington game, shut down. But I think he's getting more comfortable with that shoulder. Um, I think the first few games after the shoulder injury, I think he was fighting it a little bit. He doesn't seem yeah. as hesitant to me. He seems a little more explosive. We're seeing more runs of 15 yards or more. Uh, he's broken a couple long ones, which I think is important um, and adds that element to the team. But Dalvin could come in handy in those final two, two games of the season, Ron. And obviously, you know, the Vikings should be able to beat the Packers and Bears, but playing in those environments is no joke. And Kirk Cousins is going to have a harder time throwing the ball in those in those settings. 
So you need to lean on Dalvin. And I know they don't rush the ball nearly as much with Kevin O'Connell's offense, but I think you're going to need to down the stretch here. And, and, and the running game uh, lends itself well to the postseason if you have to go on the road. So I'd like to see Dalvin yeah, it, uh, get in a rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I, this is what I'll say. For what the time of the, the amount of time he's in the game, because I even heard people say this like in the press box, and I don't think they knew they said it out loud, but the last drive the Vikings needed to like get some yards, get going. Alexander Madison was a running back on the field. And I heard somebody say, like, what? The last drive? Alexander Madison? But that's just the formula. Like the coaches aren't changing the formula based on the time of, or like where they're at in the game. They're like, if this is Alexander Madison's drive, this is Alexander Madison's drive. If it's the drive to win the game, this is the drive to win the game. We Like, it's your turn. You're out there. Like, if you need to tap out, tap out. We'll get Dalvin in. But, hey, you're out there. So these coaches have found a formula, and, and I'm pretty sure the training staff and everything, they, they're not dumb. Everybody can see Dalvin Cook, no matter who, where you're coaching in the NFL. So if your goal is to get him across the finish line, yeah, I like it. I like what they're doing with them. Now, could he get more usage? Could there be more carries? Of course. But again, if I'm 10 and two, and I know I don't have to beat my running back into the ground, uh, you know, like a lot of the running backs who have done that and Todd Gurley, X, Y, and Z guys that just got beaten to the ground and they didn't make it. Like you said, Dalvin Cook's never played more than 14 games due to injury. Hey, if it's working, it's working. If you can get him to week 17 healthy and then the playoffs, he's healthy and you have him for the whole playoff run, maybe then the usage goes up. Maybe it becomes a 35-carry game for Dalvin Cook in the first round against the Seahawks or the Commanders or whoever decides to get that seventh seed. Like, that's that's where I think this matters. I think we're, we're too caught up in where Dalvin Cook is at and how he's playing and why we're not seeing these 150-yard games every weekend. That's not Kevin O'Connell's offense. That's not the Rams' offense. Like, that's what he's, he's pulling that in. So I, I, I like it. So far for season, I, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'd rather a healthy Dalvin Cook winning games than a Dalvin Cook who's rushed for, you know, a thousand yards in the first eight games, you know, and having a chance to go for 2,000 yards, but then banged up, ankle, knee, shoulder, might not play in the last four games, might not play in the playoffs because whatever, ailing, injury. You know, hey, when he gets going, he looks good, he looks explosive, he doesn't look hurt. And like you said, that's right. I think he's learning to, to deal with the shoulder. It's, it's probably a little bit painful, but that's what football is about. You got to play through pain, and he's doing it, and he's doing it well, and his legs are fine, so I'm fine with it. But we're going to talk about Christian Watson. We have to talk about Christian Watson, of course, because he's a, a Viking, or sorry, the Vikings direct draft pick trade type deal. But we're not going to talk about it in this segment. We've already talked about enough. We got Braylon Edwards coming up in the Hanging with Ron Johnson segment. I'm excited for Braylon. We'll talk a little Christian Watson as well. Where do you think he falls in the NFC North eventually? Is he, can he, you know, where does he fall? Is he better than Justin Jefferson? Heck no, I can answer that now. But you never know what other people might think. But remember, check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube. Following every Twins, Vikings, Wild, or Wolves game, our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube, and we have a word from our sponsors. It's betonline.net, and that's the, the website everybody's talking about right now. Why are the Vikings underdogs in Detroit? Well, you can track that line movement all week and see which way it fluctuates uh, next. Some sports books have the Vikings as two and a half point underdogs. I'm going to press refresh and see if it's moved here. 
It has not. It's still on Bet Online. One and a half. Detroit is favored. Uh, the Vikings money line plus 105. Over under is a gaudy 53. You can get all of that information from all the games in the NFL at BetOnline.net. Track the lines all week long. By the way, Dallas favored by 17 against Houston. Holy smokes. Uh, you've also got NBA, NCAA football, bowl games coming up, and NCAA basketball. It's BetOnline.net. Get your betting fixed there. It's where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Well, friend of the program, joining me in the Hangover Ron Johnson segment. Always fun to have him on. Braylon Edwards, for those that don't know, but most of you do, Be Easy goes by, played at Michigan from Detroit. Was that Martin Luther King for a little bit? Because we talked about Sauce Gardner. He was at Martin Luther King a little bit, but he had to he had to go on to another school to uh, make sure he got his uh, Just Do It receiver. Best movie probably ever made because King just ran the ball. Um, but Braylon Edwards, man, I want to thank you for joining me on the show. Of course, as you guys see, Michigan grad, we're going to talk about that. Michigan, Ohio State, that game. So let's jump out there, man. Michigan, Ohio State. Ohio State all season, everybody considers them a better team. Two years in a row, two years in a row, Michigan finds a way to put their, their foot on Ohio State's throat. Uh, I know you follow the program very closely, but but what has why is Harbaugh dominating Ryan Day these last two years? You know, Ron, I've told people all you think about Michigan versus Ohio State now is the physicality. You see this. I mean, I noticed it for the first time when they play, they play Oregon uh, at the beginning of last season. You know, Oregon punished Ohio State and, in Columbus with Kayvon Thibodeau. They did that without Kayvon Thibodeau. And so you start to watch. Ryan Day can't win the big game. Name me a big game that Ryan Day has won. I think the other big thing for Ohio State is they turned it into an individualism type of program. It's like, hey, you come here, we'll get you drafted. Hey, you come here, we'll make you first rounder. Hey, you come, come here about your brand. Slowly but surely, you're telling all these players that it's just about them and not the team thing. I used to see guys like Jackson Smith and Jigwood. Oh, he was healthy to play in him against Ohio State. I mean, game against Michigan, he chose not to play because he was worried about the NFL. So I think now Michigan is a team. Harbaugh has got that team up there, and they're physical. They're back to old school football. When you look at Donnie Edwards, man, kid from Detroit, went to uh, West Bloomfield, uh, Blake Corum goes down. Everybody assumes, oh, here we go. Michigan doesn't have it. But Donnie Edwards, two games, not only the Big Ten championship game, but the Ohio State game went absolutely off. Why is like, and, and we know Detroit kids are built different, but man, what, what's with that offensive line that no matter what running back gets back there, these running backs are finding success? I think one thing, that they, Michigan and the, uh, Jim Harbaugh stay true to what they've always been. Look, they've always had great offensive linemen. I mean, you can go down the list from Reggie McKenzie, which camp we went to when we were kids, all the way to oh, John yeah. Jansen, all the way to Taylor Lewan, all the way to Oluwatimi, who's the center now and up for the Remington for the second year in a row. VA last year is when he did it. So they got big guys, the big ugly. But the other thing is they hired a new strength and conditioning coach, Ben. They hired Coach Ben. Coach Ben has got those guys going. The plow metrics are right. The lifting is right. The speed. Is right. That was the big knock on the Big Ten for so long. Couldn't run. So now he's got those guys running and moving. And the Jets, man, the Jets were, were your team for a little bit. You went out there, uh, did your thing with the Jets, but 
The Jets came into U.S. Bank Stadium, uh, had a chance to beat the Vikings 22 to 27. They lost, but it was a last ditch effort interception into the game by Cam Bynum. Uh, the Jets have something good going, but of course, you got the Zach Wilson issue. Uh, do you think Zach Wilson can bounce back from being benched? No, not him. I don't think I don't think Zach Wilson can. I think young quarterbacks can, but I don't think this particular young quarterback can. I never was a fan of Zach Wilson. I love the Jets. I only played there three years, but that's the team I claim in the NFL. Uh, you asked me about Cleveland, I, I like Ray Charles, black blind, but. <laughs> You know, when you talk about the Jets, Robert Sala, who's here from Dearborn, Dearborn native, he's built it through defense. Oh. You know, he's built it through defense. He's built it through the run game. You look early on in the year, Ryan, Brees Hall was on a Pro Bowl streak. I mean, he was on a Pro Bowl statistical rampage early on in the year, and then he gets hurt. They bring in Robinson and kind of keep business as usual. But with Zach Wilson, he just seems like he's an individualist, seems like he's about himself. He seems like he kind of keeps away from the team, kind of like what you see Kyler Murray was accused of with the Cardinals, it seems like it's about Zach mm -hmm. Wilson. So I think being benched, you bring in Mike White. Mike White's looking good. Mike White has some chances in there. So with this new day and age where, you know, you see teams move on from quarterbacks. I mean, look at what they did to Josh Rosen with the Cardinals once again. You say, hey, you're first yeah. pick, I mean, first draft, first round. Mm, you're not up to snuff. The very next year, they draft Kyler Murray. I think that's what you're saying in the NFL now is as coaches, as players. Now, can you get it done now if you can't? We'll move on for you. I think it's uh, I think Zach Wilson's over. And when you look at Sauce Gardner, we talked about it. Detroit Martin Luther King. Uh, you know, you got Braylon Edwards, you got Nick Perry, you got Spice Adams. Now you got Sauce Gardner. I mean, you got Shazar that went to Michigan. I mean, you got NFL body after body that went through Detroit. And and if you just go Detroit as a whole, you got Antonio Gates. I mean, I can go on and on with the names of yeah. Detroit kids, all the way back to Jerome Bettis, like you bought a Pepper Johnson. A lot of people don't realize that. Uh, oh, man, goodness. Like, it's it's been guy after guy after yeah. guy. And uh, even the dude for the Eagles, Brandon Graham. Like, I didn't realize he Brandon, was a Detroit kid. Like, Crocky. <laughs> so when you look at all these Detroit kids, man, but looking at Sauce Gardner, and I talked to him pregame, uh, you know, we got a chance to I meet him on the picture. field a little That's bit. A yeah, he wore, he wore number 21 at King, so you know how that goes. Uh, but when you look at a kid like that, man, and you know this, man, we grew up, we're, we're built different. Uh, we got a different mentality, like starting from, like you said, the Cubs versus the Raiders. And you got King versus Cass. You know, it, it, it's always been that way. And, and so now Sauce Gardner versus Justin Jefferson didn't shy away from it. Press man was on him. Justin Jefferson only had about 45 yards. He did have a touchdown, but it wasn't on Sauce. But when you see a kid like Sauce Gardner doing that, man, why? What is it about Detroit kids that come out? Like Avante Maddox from King, you know, end up he's now, yeah. you know, was with the Eagles. So when you think about that, uh, and then Avery Thomas, you know, with the 49ers. I mean, we can go on and on. But when you look at that group of kids, man, what is it about Sauce Gardner in Detroit that just makes them different? With this new crop of wide receiver, you know, Ron Johnson, you got your Justin Jefferson, you got Jamar Chase, you have Jameson yeah. Williams here, who he's going to have his breakout. But you're talking about Tyreek Hill, you're talking about Devontae Adams. These guys are so elite, they're so skilled, they're so swagged out. They, you know, it's about the bag, it's about the smoke, it's about the gritty. They have all that. It's going to take somebody on the opposite side of them that has that same energy, that has that same competitive nature. And guess what? Detroit breathes that. And we grow up, whether it's playing basketball in the backyard, whether it's shooting over the wires, whether it's, you know, getting in fights, whether it's, you know, like you said, King versus Cass, whether it's the Raiders versus the Cubs, whether it's the Cubs versus the Cougars, the Giants, whatever, it doesn't matter. We just come with that type of energy. You're born with that energy, man. Like your, your father puts, rest in peace, your father put it into you. 
my dad put it into me, you know what I'm saying? Paul's like, so with that being said, that's how we were born. That's how we were raised. So you get into the NFL, Sauce, it's no different. Sauce is the same kid that Ron Johnson was. Ron Johnson is the same kid that Pepper Hamilton was. Pepper Hamilton is the same kid that Reggie McKenzie was, and so on and so on. We're born with that swag and that attitude. It gets us beat sometimes, but guess what? We're going to win more battles than we lose being from Detroit. That's mm-hmm. just That's just facts. Yeah, and talk about your Lions. Now, I know you cover them with Woodward Sports. Check Braylon Networks out on Woodward Sports daily. Was it 2 to 4 Eastern? Yeah, 2 to 4 Eastern, yep. 2 to 4 Eastern. 2 to 4 Eastern, Eastern. Woodward Sports. Braylon's doing an awesome job, man. Super proud of you. Uh, Love what you're doing. I definitely check it out. Love being on the show, so let me know anytime. Uh, But when when you talk about the Detroit Lions, and I picked them to be second in the division. I went on the Pat McAfee show. And I felt bad because I was like, that was a dumb pick. Now I'm actually like, wait a minute, the Lions could finish second in the division. And so I told Pat McAfee, like, I want to run that back. Like the minute the Packers lose again, we got to run that back because that pick looked dumb and and McAfee and them do the same old Lions bit. And we, you know, I get it, but they might end up finishing second. But when you look at this Detroit Lions team, Dan Campbell, uh, they, they blew out the Jaguars. Is that like a is that a show of like turning like are they turning a page where maybe because they're a favorite right now to beat the Vikings they're a one and a half point favorite right now uh, is is that something that could be like is Dan Campbell on the right path now? First and foremost, hey Ryan, you know I'm not a huge Lions fan, but because I do the show, like I talk about the Lions, <laughs> and I feel like if the Lions do well, the city does well. If the city does well, we do exactly. Well. So it's kind of like by happenstance. But don't, hey, don't count out the Lions winning the division. Don't count out the Lions winning the division. They see they lost to you guys once. They beat the Packers. They beat the Bears already. If they beat you guys, the Packers and the Bears again, you guys lose one. Hey, don't act like Kirk Cousins isn't known to trick one off. <laughs> so I definitely think they'll finish second. But, hey, man, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, the big thing for them is young talent. You know, that's how you have success. You talk about the New York Jets. Brees Hall was successful early on. You talk about Gary Wilson now is successful. You talk about Sauce Gardner. It's the young guys. It's the young talent. Quentin Williams. You look at the Detroit Lions, finally, Aiden Hutchinson's come to the party. Aiden Hutchinson's got five sacks in the last four games. Like, he's come to the party. You look at uh, Kirby Joseph, DB out of Illinois. He's having a phenomenal year. He's a ball hawk, and he comes up and will hit you. Jameson Williams is now there. Pene Sewell on that right side of the line. He's been dominant. A lot of penalties, but he has been dominant in there with the block. So the young guys are really stepping up for them. Uh, And then also it's about availability. DeAndre Swift, when he's healthy, they go. When he's not, they don't. It's as simple as that. So also, Dan Campbell is now not making those same bonehead mistakes at the end of games. That's what's been killing Detroit Lions for 72 years. Is you don't even pay attention to what the Lions do in the first three quarters, Ryan. You know about it. You're like, it doesn't matter. Here comes the fourth quarter. Here comes some abominable play that just cost them the game. And that's what you wait. Look at the Minnesota game. They were winning by 10. Then they were winning by 14 in the fourth and still lost. So now they're not losing in the fourth quarter. They are closing games out. You look at their schedule, man. I mean, obviously, with the exception of Minnesota, who's 9-2 uh, and two and the best team in the division, Carolina is trash. The Jets are beatable. Uh, Green Bay, who knows what's going to happen with them. They're trying to fight Jordan Love in there with Aaron Rodgers. Last game of the season, there are a lot of winnable games for the Detroit Lions. I mean, who knows what's going to happen. But it's just fun to see them have success because the Lions fans have they have taken it on the chin for the better part of 72 years. So. And we look at Jared Goff at quarterback, and, and we know now that the Lions are not going to be the worst team, so they're not going to have a top five pick to maybe go get a quarterback. 
with this Dan Campbell type of team, and you look at Jared Goff got the Rams to like he was successful. Like he didn't get him over the hump, but he was successful with the Rams. Uh, with this type of mentality that Dan Campbell's bringing to this team, where it's gritty, it's tough nose, it's Detroit blue collar football. Do you think Jared Goff could be the guy to go toe to toe and actually start to win some of these games and and you know and actually stay in Detroit yeah. long term? Hey, right. Here's one thing you didn't think about: the Lions have the Rams pick. Currently, the Rams pick third right now oh, in the draft. Yeah. So the Lions have the third pick that, yeah. from the uh, from the Los Angeles Rams. So, but unless Bryce Young is there, and even with that one, I'm thinking more along the lines of this: we've seen when everything is right, when everything is there, Jared Goff can make things happen. When he had the Los mm -hmm. Angeles Rams team, they had Ty Gurley. Man, was Ty Gurley good, by the way. But when he had that team, he got to the Super Bowl. You look at what happened early on in the year for the Detroit Lions when the offense was full, and they put up 45 points against the Eagles. They came back with 45 points against Seattle, and we now know that that defense actually is really good. So when everybody is there, when everything's humping, Jerry Goff can be the guy. Jerry Goff can get it done. So I think you focus on defense. I think you're looking at Jalen Carter with that third pick overall, DN, I mean, the uh, tackle out of Georgia. Now I think you're looking at a DB with that second pick uh, to help out uh, Jeff Okuda on the opposite side, maybe along the lines of Joy Porter Jr., a uh, guy who we know his father well. And then uh, in the last round, maybe Kilo, uh, Kilo Ringo or Keely Ringo, DB out of Georgia. So I think you don't have to pick a quarterback. I would get one in the third round, definitely mm -hmm. just to have okay. one. I think the Lions need to start putting quarterbacks on the staff. You get your Anthony Richardson out of Florida or somewhere along those lines just to have a, just to draft a quarterback. Mike Tannenbaum told me, he said, hey, always draft a quarterback. Always draft a quarterback, whether it's third round, fourth round, whether you need one, you draft him in the first. So I think Jared Goff can be the guy to keep everything like it is now. Why? Because it's not, it's, it's hit or miss. We just talked about Josh Rosen uh, with, the, with the Cardinals, and they had to literally double back the following year and draft Kyler Murray. You look at Zach Wilson, we're talking on, about him being on his way out in year three. You never know if you're going to hit with that first round quarterback. It's just not proven. So if you got a guy like Jared Goff who's been to the big dance, been to the big show, and also not to talk too much, He's building that offensive identity with Ben Johnson. This is Ben Johnson's first year as the head man, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, and it seems like they're building together. Ben doesn't want to start over with a new guy, a young guy. He doesn't, and Jared Goff damn sure doesn't want to start over as well. So I think you can make this work for another two years. The only thing is, mm -hmm. what's that ticket going to be? What's that right. ticket going to be? Because it's $30 million this year and it's thirty-one next year. So if you, if you cut Jared Goff before the season starts this upcoming year, you only get a $10 million cap hit. So it's one of those things. How do Lions want to play that situation out? Do you want to take $31 million and see if he's the guy? Or do you want to cut him and, and go looking and searching, grasping at straws? I say I take that $31 million. That's a lot less than a lot of these other quarterbacks are making. When you think about what you do with Justin Jefferson, what do the Lions need to do to slow him down and, and, and make somebody else beat them? Thing about Justin Jefferson, man, it's not really about him. It's about Kirk Cousins. When Kirk Cousins has pressure, he's not the same guy. And when Kirk Cousins gets pressure on him, he's got to move around. Like he's not, he's not a, a a statue in the pocket. He's not that at all. But at the same time, he doesn't enjoy playing on the run. He doesn't enjoy getting looks on the run. So I think you got to take advantage of your young rookie in Houston. Houston's been balling the last two games. He's got three sacks. Ryan, he's a rookie. He's third in the NFL for sacks by a defensive lineman. I mean, second, he's second in the NFL for rookies only to Aiden Hutchinson. So I think if you try to continuously get to Kirk Cousins, that's when you get those cut. That's when you get those blitz sacks. That's when you get, excuse me, that's when you get those blitz pressures and those pressures create interceptions or bad throws. So I think you do it from that. And just like he told DJ Reed, yeah, we're going to have a safety over top. 
You're arguably best wide receiver in the NFL. <laughs> We're not letting you go one-on-one -on -one with Jeff Okuda. We will sometime, but we got to keep a Roman man on top of him. Justin Jefferson, man, he's, you know, he's he's one one A, B, or C, however you want to look at it. Stephon Diggs, him, uh, Tariq Hill, and Jamar Chase when he's healthy. So you're looking at one A through D. Got to keep a man over top of him, but you got to get to him. You got to get to him. And here's the last one. Do the Lions make the playoff? Like you said, they have an easy schedule. They can probably win four out of the next five, lose to the Vikings, win the other four. That probably gets them in the playoffs when you look at where the commanders are and then also the Giants and uh, that division as a whole because now you got the Seattle Seahawks who jumped back in last minute. Do you think the Lions get into the playoffs this year as the seventh or the sixth seed? Thing that, the thing that screwed the Lions, Ron, is they beat the Giants and they beat the commanders, but the commanders and Giants tied. That screwed yep. the Lions. So now they both have the head-to-head -head over the Detroit Lions, man, which really that's the worst thing that can happen for the Lions is those two teams tying. So I don't think they get in unless they win a division. The only way for the Detroit Lions to get in is if somehow you guys drop, you know, you guys drop two, one to us and one to somebody else uh, in the division, and then we run through, or the Lions, excuse me, not we. They run through the division. That's the only way they're going to get in. That tie and the Seattle Seahawks, those two things are killing the Detroit Lions. Well, we got the daily three they coming up next. But remember, still not get in. oh, true, yeah, because the lion, the Vikings have an easy one too. But we'll get into that. But when you uh, remember, we got the daily three coming up next. But when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with all your local experts. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast, and find our videos on Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. And also remember Amazon Fire and Roku. And we have a word from our sponsors. Before we get to the Daily 3, I'm going to tell you about Built Bar and their new wonderful reimagined flavors. Cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, and for the holiday season, white chocolate peppermint granola. That's Built's take on the granola bar. It's filling, it's tasty, it's healthy. 17 grams of protein. You're always getting 100% real chocolate with Built Bar, and you've got low sugar and calories, just 130. Sink your teeth into that and change your life. Built you got to try these new flavors, and you can at 15% off. Just head to Built.com right now and use the code LOCKEDON15. Built.com, promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off. Let's start with a Lions question in the Daily 3. Braylon, uh, we saw the debut of Jamison Williams last Sunday. Only eight snaps. Didn't really have an impact in that game. But as they start to ratchet him up and get him going, uh, what do you expect from him in the final five games of the season? Well, I expect Dan Campbell to ease him into it. You know, last thing that he had, last game he had one attempt. The main thing, if you think about it, Ron, and you know this to be real, it's one thing to be in shape. It's one thing to be in the gym and you're on the treadmill mm -hmm. and you're running routes and you're doing all that. It's another thing to put those pads on and have to go through the actual real motion, getting up on a Sunday, getting to the stadium, getting taped, Going out there and getting, you know, getting active, getting warmed up, coming back, putting the pads on, not going through that. So it was good for him to start getting into that mode, getting getting ready that way. I expect for them to slowly but surely get him some passes. They're, Cause they're trying to it's two things. They're trying to see if they are getting to the playoffs and also they want him to kind of get used to it. So in the offseason, he's ready to play when the season starts next year in September. So I just expect them slowly but surely. Maybe next game he has two passes. You know, maybe the following game gets three passes, but slowly but surely ease him into it. But we know what type of player he is, man. I mean, Georgia was head and shoulders above Alabama last year, but they would have beat Georgia if James Williams didn't get hurt. 
Yeah, for me, I, I'm going to put J and, and don't, this might be preposterous, but Jamison Williams, late season, you know, getting back. I look at Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs, when he came into the Minnesota Vikings, he got started late because of the need from Maryland, so on and so forth. Wanted to make sure this guy was ready to go. He was healthy, but they wanted to make sure he was ready to go. Started nine games, had 52 catches, 720 yards, and four touchdowns. I honestly, watching this kid at Alabama, he was ridiculously good. He can take the top off. He can run the under route. He's not so much of a possession guy like, you know, like Braylon Edwards can run any route. Comeback, curl, dig, post, slant. Jamison Williams is going to be more of your your over-the-top guy, your deep over. He'll run some post corners. Um, I'm not going to put him on the curls middle of the field. He's not going to be a middle of the field demon, um, but I definitely think he's a guy that's going to, you know, can, can create mismatches like Stefan Diggs one-on-one. Stefan Diggs is the scariest guy I've seen on the field with his footwork. And so I think Jamison Williams, as he goes – uh, he can get that this year. I think Dan, I don't know how many games, I think what, five or six games left. So you just cut that in half. You know, I see him at least getting 20 something, 20 to 30 catches, uh, at least 400 yards. And then you got to get him two touchdowns. But I do agree. I think they want to ease him in. They don't want to get him, you know, he, and, and then Braylon knows this too. Coming off of an injury, it's up here. Sometimes it's up here. Yeah. You got to, can I, can I put my foot in the ground and know it's going to work? Can I come back to the ball as quick as I want to? Can I, you know, do a hezzy and then, you know, crossover step this guy and I don't have to worry about my knee hurting? Because any little twinge or any little pain, sometimes it's not hurt. It's just that getting that scar tissue out, as they call it, but it's up here. So that's going to be the other part. Can James Williams overcome this part of it? Because that's the key. If he can overcome the mental like Adrian Peterson did after his injury and came back and was an MVP, I think next year that that kid can be one of the best receivers in the NFL. No, you're absolutely right. When I throw my ACL, same thing. Let's stick with the wide receiver topic and rookie wide receivers at that. Christian Watson just became the first rookie wide receiver to score eight touchdowns in four games since Randy Moss in 1998. If he continues on this path, Braylon, is Christian Watson on his way to becoming the number two receiver in the division behind Justin Jefferson? Ooh, um, I'm going to have to say it's a, it's a, the only reason why it's tough is because Amon Ross St. Brown is so nice. Like, and obviously yep, yep. Amon Ross St. Brown, for me, Amon Ross St. Brown's ceiling is a Pro Bowl number two. Like, he's a Pro Bowl number two. Like, he's a guy that you can trust on. He's going to be a guy you go to for the third down conversion. He's going to be a guy that you, like, you have ultimate trust. He's not dropping any passes, and he's going to have Pro Bowl number but he's not a number one. Like, those number one guys are different. So, Justin Jefferson's a number one. Christian Watson has a chance. You know, he has a chance to be the number two behind Justin Jefferson. But just don't count on Amon Ross St. Brown. So, I'll say yes, but don't count on Amon Ross St. Brown. So, this one for me. Right yeah, this one for me. I mean, when you look at um, – the NFC North wide receivers, you got Minnesota Vikings with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Adam Thielen towards the end. So we can't put him up there. Like Braylon said, you got a uh, DJ shark. You got a mind Ross St. Brown. I mean, you got some guys in there you got Jamison Williams who next year, this is where it gets tricky. Now I will say Romeo dubs and Christian Watson can become future like two go-to guys for if it is Aaron Rodgers next year because the Packers did say they want him back. He did sign a three-year, $150 million deal. So at the age of 40, I don't know about many people, but at 40, if you're going to offer me $50 million to just come back and maybe not even win games, just be here, hey, 
I'm coming back I, for 50. I, see you I don't care. <laughs> exactly. Like 50, yeah. I get 50 and then another 50? Like, oh yeah, I'm coming back. I'm coming back for the next what? two years. Give me my 100, 100 million, one two lane. years, 40 or 41. Exactly. I don't even got to win. Y'all got to pay me. Uh, but here's the one that I, I like, and I've always liked this kid since college. And uh, was it Chase Claypool? The fact that the it's Bears like, have him now. Now they have to figure him out. Justin Fields has to figure out. But Justin Fields at Ohio State threw the ball. He was really good at Ohio yeah, State. And so I think as these coaches work through this offense, I think Chase Claypool could become the number two receiver in the NFC North. Like we know the Bears wow. are trash, but there's a lot of stuff they can work out. There's going to be a lot of draft pick. They're going to have high draft picks this year. They're going to be able to make some moves. But when you think about Chase Claypool with the Steelers and how good he was, if Justin Fields can get comfortable with him in this offseason, they work together and do all the stuff, and these young guys fly out to Florida and they do all their deals, I think, and then going to with the receiver factory and all that crap, I think that's a kid that could become, you know, two or three. But I got to see, I, I like Amon Ross St. Brown. Like, I, I think he becomes two. I think Chase Claypool is three. And then I'll put Christian yeah. Watson as four. Because I, I don't know, maybe I'm, 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 maybe I just really like the big receivers, but I like Claypool. I yeah, like no. him coming out of college. I love big receivers. And, I mean, I'm, yeah. So I just, yeah, I got to put height, him there. Same size, big guys. <laughs> but I'm just one of those things where, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't argue with my IC. You know, Chase Claypool yeah, no, is a guy. Who, the last couple of years in Pittsburgh, you know, they didn't really get him the ball. He seemed like he lost his confidence a little bit. So, like you said, true. they're going to slowly but surely get to you over there. Is going to get this confidence back. But right now, what I see in Amon Ross St. Brown, he had over, he had 994 yards last year in 12 games. He had 10 touchdowns last year. You see what he's doing this year. He's consistent. So he's here at number two. Yeah, no, I agree. Last one, fellas. Uh, no team hotter in the NFL than the San Francisco 49ers, but they've lost now both their quarterbacks. Trey Lance is out for the year. Jimmy G is out for the year with a broken foot. So they're 8-4, and four, but they've got Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, to try to take them home. Maybe some rumor about signing Baker Mayfield, but um, are the 49ers toast now that Jimmy G is out of the mix? They'll be toast if they had Baker Mayfield to that squad. They they better stay they better stay far away from Baker Mayfield. Like stay away from him with all whatever you do, stay away from Baker Mayfield. Because this team is set up on the defense. Their defense is insane. Best defense in the league. You look at how they play. They're at every level, whether it's the secondary level, whether it's Fred Warner, it's level two, and then whether it's the defensive line led by uh Nick Bosa. They are they are ridiculous. And then on the offensive side of the ball, they run the ball well. Christian McCaffrey is getting healthier, starting to figure it out. Brandon Ayuk is the wild card. I mean, you look at Debo, you look at uh, George Kittle. Brandon Ayuk is a guy that's getting a lot of passes over there because of those guys. Don't mess it up. Even though Brock Purdy is number 262, Mr. Irrelevant, like if you just go out there and not muck it up, you can be in the same situation Jimmy G was against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl three years ago where he had a chance to win. He just misses Emmanuel Sanders uh, on that play in the end zone. I think they still can get it done. It's going to be a tall task. But don't mess it up. Don't try to go find another quarterback. Keep it very simple and let that defense win your championship. Uh, this is the tough thing about this. So we know what they do with their offense. George Kittle, they got Christian McCaffrey. They move the ball around. They got Debo Samuel. They can run the ball with him 10 times a game if they want. Uh, they are not afraid to run the ball to win games, and that's the reason why Debo Samuel became – the running back, quote unquote, because yeah. it's like, hey, we can flex him out. We can put him at receiver. But if, if if the number count in the box is favorable, motion him back. Now you guys went nickel or dime. We got you where we want you. You guys don't have enough linebackers to tackle a receiver that moves like a running back. 
But when you look at the Buccaneers, who they play next, and then you got the Seahawks, and then you got the Commanders, and then you got the Raiders, and then you got the Cardinals, it's kind of hard to fall out of contention with those teams they have to play. Um, They can run the ball on just about every single team on that list, and that's the problem is I don't see them losing. They probably go four and one. If anything, Tom Brady's on this I'm divorced tear, so I could see Tom Brady beating them. But I don't see the Seahawks. I don't see the Commanders. I don't see the Raiders or the Cardinals beating the 49ers. So I I think they're going to – like Brock Purdy is going to be like Jimmy G was uh, that year. Everybody's like, oh, Jimmy G's not that good. And he just came in and just dumped the ball off here and there, did just enough, and they set the Vikings on fire that year. So they're going to run the ball. They're Like this is is why they drafted who they drafted. This is why George Kittle – and then again, play action. George Kittle's wide open. Just make the throw, Purdy. Like, and let's not forget it, Iowa State, this kid was good. Yeah, two things, if ever there was a year, if ever there was a year for the NFC, it would be this year. This would be the year that Jimmy yeah. G can get hurt and Brock Purdy can go on. I and mean, you look at the teams, it's pretty much, it's Minnesota, it's Dallas, and it's Philly. You know, but Minnesota seems beatable. You look at Dallas, I saw Dallas struggle against the Detroit Lions when Dak first came back. So everybody in the NFC is beatable. And also, it's time for D-Boy Samuel to earn that money. I think that's how you get it. You got to go back to some of the stuff you did last year, Ron, that you're talking about. Yeah. Well, I want to thank Braylon for joining us on the Ron Johnson Show. For more of Braylon Edwards, make sure you check out his Instagram, his Twitter, but you can more so go to Woodward Sports. Braylon Edwards is daily, all Detroit sports, all the time. And remember, if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube, where you can find all of our videos, all of our shows, instant podcasts after every game. The Vikings press conference is delivering all the biggest news, like our videos. Leave your comments in the section below. Let us know what you think. Who is? Is Christian Watson the number two receiver in, in the NFC North now? Is he better than everybody else? Is Amon Ross St. Brown? Where does Christian Watson fall next year? Does he continue to become this great receiver? And can we say the Vikings maybe could have had him? Probably not. No, we don't need him. We got Justin Jefferson. We got Adam Thielen. We got KJ Osborne. And now we have Jalen Rager. But I want to thank you guys and have a great day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.